Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Water Hockey, the podcast where we cover all things Texas hockey and the culture and stories that surround it. French fries, we have been really, really lucky this summer to have a slew of phenomenal guests joining the podcast here in the off season while there's no hockey going on. Sad, sad, sad. But these people have come on. They've shared their stories. Guys like L.A. Grissom, the Fournier brothers, just to name a few here in the recent weeks. Uh, and today's episode is absolutely zero exception, as I am super excited to announce this episode's guest, Josh Bogorod, who will be joining us here in just a few minutes. If you guys don't know who Josh Bogorod is, you have probably heard him before because he's the head play-by-play commentator for the Your Dallas Stars, uh, paired up with Daryl Razor Ray, and you guys have been able to hear him for the last couple seasons here in Dallas. He does a phenomenal job, and he this interview was nothing short of phenomenal as well as he gave us just over an hour of his time. Shannon and I sat down with him. We went over his introduction to the sport, kind of growing up in it, heading up to Alaska and then down to Texas and everywhere in between that he's been on this awesome journey. Uh, he really dives deep into what goes into the play-by-play commentating and all the stories and, and all the things that he like shares with us. It was just a really good interview. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. As always, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, all at Wada Hockey, and head over to our brand new shiny website, wadahockey.com. Yes, we got the domain name. So head over there, check out the stories from all of our fantastic writers. Uh, let's uh let's tune you into a couple of our fantastic sponsors. It's just me today. Nobody else here, and that's okay. I just miss the French fries a lot, so I wanted to talk to you one-on-one just to see how you were doing. But if you are looking to replace your moldy, old, yucky hockey bag with a broken zipper, <laughs> so bad, check out conwayandbanks.com. They make premium quality bags that are built to last. I can literally attest to that as I've had mine for over two years now, and I have beat it up pretty bad, and it has withstood the test of time. It includes removable organizers to keep your gear organized and keeps everything bone dry with waterproof materials and gigante vents. My favorite feature, it's Jason's favorite feature, is the built-in foot mat that keeps my feet dry in those nasty, wet locker rooms. Comes in three different sizes and five, maybe four right now, different colors, so you'll be sure to find one that you love. And get 10% off using code WANAHOCKEY10 and get your gear to the rink in, excuse me, let me clear my throat, that's for pat the third line draft continues they just ran through dallas fort worth and it was so much fun to have them here i talked a bit about it last week on the podcast it was an absolute blast five games in three or two days time my legs were shot my body was exhausted but i had an absolutely fantastic time Head over to thirdlinedraft.com. See what tournaments they've got coming up because they are not stopping. They did not come to North Texas and say, this is it. We're done here. They are going to keep the party going all, literally all over the world. I think they're going to Scotland 
for Halloween. I mean, literally, you guys can have dream trips and play hockey, like five games in two days kind of hockey with Third Line Draft. So head over to thirdlinedraft.com, see their schedule, get signed up today. That's Third Line, 3-R-D-L-I-N-E-D-R-A-U-G-H-T.com. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about these next homies for a long time, and there is a reason. That's because Sauce Toss is not just the game of the summer. It's the game of the year for hockey players far and wide. If you're looking for a way to spend some time outside, head over to SauceToss.com and use promo code WADASAUCE for 10% off your entire order today. And last but certainly not least, play every day with Nice Mitts, the perfect fit beyond the rink where athleisure meets this beautiful sport of hockey. Nice Mitts brings players a complete lineup of hockey athleisure apparel and ultralight pro-level gloves. Speaking of, introducing the Pro Series Mitts, designed for players who want pro-level protection and the ability to feel the puck like never before. The PSM gloves are the first hockey gloves that are machine wash friendly. Now all your gloves will stay fresh and look new for every single shift. Hockey Moms, this one goes out to you so you can finally throw those gloves in the washer. Check them out at nicemits.com. That's N-I-C-E-M-I-T-T-S.com. And get more 10% off at checkout with Wada Hockey 10. Up next, like I said a couple of minutes ago, the one and only Josh Bogorod joins the podcast. So we're going to send it over to him. I hope you guys enjoyed it because Shannon and I had a really great time talking to Josh. So kicking it over to that. Up next, we are extremely excited and grateful to be joined by someone that Stars fans are audibly familiar with. Uh, he is a Los Angeles native who was named CHL's best broadcaster in 2008, 2009, and 2010 while with the Corpus Christi Ice Rays, Texas tie before he even got where he's at now. A recipient of the best broadcaster in the ECHL in 2011 with the Alaska Aces, which was also his first year in that league. He's also served as a radio correspondent for the LA Kings and called games for the University of Arizona Hockey while attending school there. We are now lucky to have him calling games nightly for the Dallas Stars as their primary play-by-play announcer. Welcome to the podcast, Josh Bogorod. Josh, first and foremost, thank you for the time. How are you and how is your offseason going? Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited. The offseason is great, but there's nothing like when the weather starts to turn a little bit below, what is it like a thousand degrees? <laughs> and, um, and we can we can actually start getting to the rink more often. Uh, it's it's a fun time of year. Yeah. So obviously, we've been very fortunate to have a lot of pro athletes, whether it be in the ECHL, AHL, or NHL level, and even overseas. And we always ask, "What do you do for the off season? You know, what's the training like?" So, you know, from a broadcasting perspective. What do you do in the off season? What's your training like? <laughs> yeah, the training is just relentless. I mean, it's like four days and it's it's nonstop. Oh, it's, um, the off season, it's I guess it's different for different people. For me, uh, I've got two uh, pretty small kids, and and I just dive into uh, to just like hanging out with them as much as possible. They're off of school, and and you know, my calendar opens up more than it does during the regular season. And so we get out of town a little bit. Um, we don't get a chance to take any vacations really during the course of a, a regular season. So, you know, fortunately, last season was really long. Hopefully this upcoming season is even longer. It's a great thing when you can play into Memorial Day. And, and I hope we go even further uh, this year. But 
But then when that ends and, and they're out of school, all of a sudden you look up at the calendar and I feel like I've been gone more than I've been home. And so it's uh, the, the off season tends to fly by. We stay pretty busy. And um, and then I, I said, I guess it's different for everybody. But for us, that's what this one was like. And that's what a lot of them are like. And that's what makes this a cool time of year because you kind of transition back into a little bit of normalcy and and then, uh, you know, school is here and hockey's right around the corner and, and it's full steam ahead. So Absolutely. to kind of to kind of speak yeah, on Shannon, that, the, Shannon knows Shannon knows that. I drill. get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so to kind of speak on the the family aspect, you know, you mentioned you have two younger kids, and and you know, it, I understand it would be difficult kind of throughout the season, but is it kind of cool for them to be able to tune in and and maybe be like, okay, he's not here tonight, but I can hear him, and like, how does that kind of play mentally for you? Because I mean, that's got to be a pretty cool and special experience for them. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's also one that they kind of don't know anything different uh, about. I mean, my my older one, he he knows a little bit from before I, I was doing play by play, but I was still, you know, on the air, and they'd have a chance to listen. And um, and it, it is it's a neat thing to do because when when you are on the road, sometimes there's things that you're going to miss, obviously. And uh, I'll get videos or, or pictures when a game ends, and I'll be able to check and. It's kind of like uh, I I put them to sleep that they'll they'll listen to the games in bed because they're all so late. I don't know if that's a commentary on my broadcasting ability <laughs> that it puts them to sleep like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, like that's a that's a neat thing to do. Or like I know they'll they'll wake up and they usually don't make it to the end of games during the the week, and um, they'll be able to watch the games and and then. We'll talk about it afterwards the next day. And there's cool things that sort of close the gap. And that's that's always nice. Yeah, I think I can sympathize with them, as can a lot of Stars fans throughout the playoffs because of those late late start times. Yeah. And obviously that we every, all fall asleep. Yeah, every game yeah. matters. And it's no it's no uh, knock to any commentator that's on it. But my, that sometimes it just gets so tough. How is it like for you being on the road and just, I mean, in some instances, maybe changing time zones? every single night like yeah how is that adjustment i mean it's it's something that you you go through honestly it's what it really does is it gives you so much respect for the guys who are playing right because right we're we're doing it but i'm not I'm not having to skate and play and obviously we're talking we we, we take our jobs you know seriously and, and we we want to do the best job and, and hopefully we do but it's different. I mean, you're not lacing them up and, and playing with, you know, results on the line every single night. And so when you go from city to city and you you live that and then you see what these guys physically go through to get yeah. ready and how taxing a year can be. I mean, if I always think about if, if I'm tired or if I'm wearing it, then, man, I, I can only imagine what it's like when you're on the other side of it. And um, it really is until you've experienced it and, and so few people get to experience it, I think it you can be a diehard sports fan. And I, I am I, across the board. I, I love all sports and I love watching sports. And, and like, even when I'm not working, I, it, it's just a, a fun thing to do. Um, but you cannot possibly have the appreciation for what it is like to go through what these guys go through over the course of an 82 game season, because right. it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot. The season is long. And I remember 
you know, growing up and I would just want more games to be on. And like any off day was just a bummer. You just want to fast forward to the next game day. And, and that's how it should be for every fan. And you don't realize that like how important those little bits of recovery are and, until you go through all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it becomes just part of the routine, the, the routine that really has no routine because you're, you're on the run so much and you're going from spot to spot. But it's a ton of fun, and again, it's just it's so impressive what they're able to do throughout the course of a, an entire campaign. You know, it's Absolutely. always been funny to me that people, some people don't realize there's 82 games for our season, and there's only 16 for an NFL season, and that's just our playoff season. So these NFL players, you know, yeah. complaining about being tired. I'm like, you don't know tired. You don't know it, tired. <laughs> it's funny to talk to talk with guys who either work for NFL teams or broadcasters or things like that about what the travel is, because it is it's so different. And there is so much consistency there where you have your set travel day, assuming almost all your games are Sunday. There'll be the occasional different ones. But like you really can't have a weekly routine. And, and in hockey, you can't. Now, that said. Football is just grueling physically. I mean, oh, yeah. play, there's a reason you can't play more than than once a week and you know 17 times a year. But but it is it's pretty wild that that like you just there's no consistency and right. it's just that way for six months because you don't know what day you're going to be playing and then I mean you know but you you, it, you don't map it out and um, and in what city and in what time zone and I think back for our fans to when the stars were in the um, Pacific division, oh, because yeah. then oh like, I mean, a third of your schedule is basically so like those playoff games you're talking about. And the, like, that's, that's why the move to the central was so important. I mean, forget the, the teams that you're playing and the rivalries and geography and like that. It, it was so hard. Um, mm -hmm. And yet also the stars were so good back then and dominated the Pacific division. And yep. that, that is so impressive because we talk about the, the grueling nature of what they're doing and to go out West that often and to just come back with, you know, two points, four points, six points all mm -hmm. the time. And mm -hmm. it's, it's impressive. It, it speaks volumes to how good those teams from, from that era was. Uh, Major so, League Baseball, please take note. Texas Rangers yeah, uh, do right? not belong in the West. We are literally in the middle yeah. of the USA. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, it, that's exactly. They're still dealing with. It. I, I, that's it's terrible. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, that's the, the playoffs. The playoffs starting when they were, and then going into those West Coast games. And um, I mean, I I know huge Stars fans, and I'll talk to them and. And it's it's hard to make it up to the end of those. Yeah. And that's before you introduce, you know, double overtime and things like that. Uh, what game was? I was there for that game this this playoff season where it went into it was double, right? Or triple? Yeah, was it, triple well, it, was, it was Minnesota. It was how they got started. Yes. Yeah, it was game I one think against we Minnesota. Finally got into our cars at 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget that because since Shannon was there, obviously with the broadcast, there is a delay, even if it's only 10 to 15 seconds. And I said, if we do happen to lose this game, please just tell me so I can turn it off calmly and I'll go to sleep. <laughs> and there was an expletive that was thrown out in the text chat. And then I said, all right, good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Wait a so, second. You wait, wait, you it was like one, two in the morning, and you were trying to get a 15 second head start on bed. Is, is that what that was? Yes. I'm sure Every you second, fall asleep. Yeah. Just, just, just like <laughs> yeah. in sports, 
Every second counts. I like that. I I respect that. The fit you well, I hope you made those 15 seconds valuable. And you I did. I did. Nice way to make the most of it. At at my expense, (laughs) I had to go to the game and keep him, you know, from watching. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm happy to help. If if Shannon's ever not there, we'll we'll be a very poor substitute and we'll let you know what's happening during the game. If she she ever doesn't Assume those responsibilities yeah. well. Right. Yes. Well, I'm Couldn't happy to sacrifice my yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, that being said, I know, uh, were you always a hockey fan growing up or is that something that you kind of developed into later? No, I, I was. I mean, I guess not not from birth. I, as you mentioned earlier, Fink, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and hockey wasn't on the forefront there. I mean, it was, it was during the Showtime era of the Lakers and the Dodgers were – a pretty good team. That was the Kirk Gibson 1988 home run. And so um, I was eight years old when that stuff happened. And then when Gretzky got traded, like I was, that was about the same time. And I had started to find hockey just before that. Um, What I I really like that I'm in Dallas because every season I will have multiple people that I talk to that say they went to their first hockey game. And I get to have that conversation of what that experience is like. And anybody that's listening to this podcast, anybody that that is a Stars fan or a hockey fan of any team, you have that moment where you're introduced to this sport. And for so many people and for me, it's this incredible moment where you just can't get enough. And so my parents did not know anything about hockey. My circle of friends didn't know anything about hockey. But I had a buddy in elementary school and his uncle had season tickets to um, to the Kings. And so I wound up going to a game. It was at the old Great Western Forum long before the Staples Center was was built. And I went to a game and instantly just was enthralled with it. And then I just started watching as much as I could. And that was right around the time that Gretzky got traded there. And the city started to just take notice of this sport. It became it just became more accessible. Um, yeah. Back then, not every single game was on TV. And and so like, it makes me sound like crazy old, but <laughs> but it, it, the idea that like it wasn't easy to follow a team and it certainly wasn't as easy as it, it is now. Right. And, um, and that just changed it. And you could watch a little bit more. And I knew instantly, like I said earlier, I'm a really big sports fan and I still love every sport. And and I used to watch and play any sport I could, but there was just something about hockey that separated and it was, it was just so much fun. And it was just this incredible like combination of, of skill and, and strength and speed and fun. And the atmosphere is, is just top notch. So you were going over my, my career earlier and, you know, I went to school in Arizona and did some stuff for the hockey team there. And then I got my first pro job in the Central League in Corpus Christi, Texas. And I I bounced around to some other markets doing some freelance stuff. I went up to Alaska, but then I came down to, to Dallas. And so almost all of my career, except for these three years in Alaska were spent in non-traditional hockey markets. Right. And I really like, I love that because I, I now get to have these regular conversations with people or help introduce people to a sport and help create that feeling that I still remember tangibly. And, um, 
I never get sick of people telling me that they just went to their first game or they watched their first game or a playoff run happened and, and their friends told them to watch and now it's all they want to do. And I, I'm, that was me. And so I remember what that was like and, and I love seeing it on repeat. Well, I, I mean, love I think... being responsible for hockey being in my family. It's all my fault. Yeah, yeah it's the best. <laughs> it's like it's it's such a cool gift you can yeah. you can give. Yeah, I know. And that you're just going to be indoctrinated into this sport, children. I am not sorry. Yeah, <laughs> get your bag. We got to go. <laughs> yep, yep. It's it's the best. So I mean, and, and it shows. And I think there's a lot of preparation that kind of goes into it. So for for you. What does that look like leading into maybe the season or a specific game? Do you have a, a giant, like just a 7,500 page binder of every <laughs> NHL player, their backstory, and maybe their rivalries with players or certain teams? Or what does it kind of look like when you go into maybe a stretch of a week where you have a couple of games going on, you know, on the road or at home at the AAC? Uh, what's that preparation like for you? Or, as the seasons go by, does it become more familiarized, obviously, with players being in the league for longer and things of that sort? So what does it kind of look like on a night-to-night basis or game-to-game basis for you as far as preparation goes? It's a little bit uh, all of that, um, but you want to go in as prepared as possible, and and that's the number one thing. I think maybe a really common you know, misconception, you've done it before, so so you know what it's like, but there's, there's a there's a belief sometimes that we show up five minutes before the game starts, you throw a headset on, you start talking and and that's it. And then nothing until the next game. But so much of what we do is preparation, especially in a sport like hockey where it's going so fast, you don't have time to look things up as the play is going on. You, you, you would miss it all. Um, I try to get as prepared as possible heading into games and, and map out the games that are coming, but you can't get too far down the road because you have so many games against so many teams. So right. I, I do have a board basically on every single team and that has every single player. Um, and that'll change because guys get hurt, guys get traded, guys get called up and sent down and guys make their debuts. And sometimes as crazy as it sounds, we'll find out about it just before the start of a game. If a guy just gets called up on the on the opposing team and there was no morning skate, you, you have to be able to pivot on the fly. But I've got a lot of notes on every team, a lot of notes on every player. But then for me, there's two different types of notes. And there's a type of note that will never change, right? Like if Miro Haskinen will never not be the third overall pick, Right. 2017. Right. That's that's consistent. He'll never not be from Finland. Things of that nature. If if a guy got traded, um, then that trade always exists. Mm-hmm. So I've got two different types of notes that I will kind of prepare every single game. Each player will have their non-changing biography notes that might be interesting if they played for an assistant coach of the stars or they've got some ties to the stars somehow. Yeah. I I have that stuff that I think might help tell the story and humanize a player. And then there's the, these notes are different every single game because again, you go back to Miro Haskin and maybe he's on a seven game point streak. Maybe he's tied for first among all defensemen and power play points that will change from game to game. And so you have that for the visitors. And so if we see the Penguins 
twice and we see him in November and then we see him again in March in November, you'll have your notes on Crosby that will still apply in the second meeting. And then you'll have the ones that are totally different because of what's happening like in the week, in the context, the month leading up to that meeting. And so it sounds like a lot and it is a lot, but I'll have each player like a book of those two separate types of notes. And then there's team notes. And again, you'll have historical stuff and then more timely stuff. And the way I've described it to people is it's kind of like you're studying for a final exam for Mm. every single game. You're studying (laughs) for a test and you don't know which questions are going to get asked, but you need to know all of them. And so it's just a ton of preparation heading into every single game. I just and, realized I could never do that. I have test anxiety. I'm out. <laughs> well, I was yeah, gonna say, but, the, but the thing is, is it's it's a test you really enjoy doing. So it's it's okay. a lot more fun. That's a bit of an oxymoron, but um, <laughs> yeah. So and then you have to take into account, in my opinion, outside of the sport of soccer, hockey has the most difficult names to pronounce correctly. Oh, and this is not just on the stars. This is on every single team. There's at least two or three guys where if you're an opposing play-by-play announcer, you're like, oh my gosh, we've got you know X amount of Russians. We've got a Czech guy. We've got Finnish guys. Um, how many times does how do I pronounce start in your search bar? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's usually not in the search bar, but it's <laughs> it's it's internally thought over and over and over again. Uh, it is. I mean, we get a lot of names that don't. Don't sound like anything that I've said before when I'm not on the air calling a hockey game. And you want to make sure you get them right. The funny thing about that is hockey players are, they're, they're usually by and large just awesome people. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really, really great to deal with. And there's such a team first mentality a lot of the times. And, and, and maybe because English isn't the, primary language for a lot of these guys whose names you don't know exactly how to pronounce. If you go up and you ask them, their common answer is, honestly, I'm good with whatever. <laughs> and yeah. and that, that turns into a really strange conversation. I'm like, I appreciate that, but, but please, like you, you've made it here. Like you deserve yeah. to have your name pronounced the right way. Right. Like, just tell me how you would like to, to pronounce it. It's like, yeah, I'm really good with with whatever you're doing. <laughs> like, no, no, no. How about this? You introduce yourself to me right now, and um, and we'll talk that way. Um, but then sometimes you don't have that same access to an opponent. So if right. it's morning skate and you can get to them, you can do that. Otherwise, you'll I- I'll ask the broadcasters from the other teams that might have a little more access to those guys because I will know how to pronounce our guys' names correctly, and and vice versa. And, that's right. something we always try to do well. But, but what's very interesting about that is Mike Madonna was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame when they announced it Mike Madano. Yeah. And because if you're in Canada, it's Madano. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're here, it's Madano. And we're talking about one of the best players of all time. And there still isn't a consensus of how to pronounce his name. So sometimes it's black and white and you can get a correct one. And sometimes it's different depending on where you are. And and that just, that kind of adds to how you'll hear different things sometimes uh, with different people. I I was going to say, allow me to, to form a conspiracy theory here when it comes to that. 
Mike Badano is one of, if not the top American player of all time. <laughs> this is a Canadian-born sport. Maybe it's just a Canadian dig of, Ooh. we're not going to call him Madano. Say Madano and just let it ride. And then here we are. All these years later, he's in the Hall of Fame, and they're like, we're not saying it right. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm always up for a good conspiracy theory. There you I, go. I don't know if I can follow you all the way down that road, <laughs> but uh, sure, <laughs> why not? Um, sure, yeah. Faith. yeah, yeah. It's it's it is pretty it is pretty funny though that guys will spend guys will spend years and years with one team, and then all of a sudden you get traded, and it's like the the pronunciation got traded too, and and the next thing you know, yeah. John Tavares is John Tavares, and and. Right. And it just is, it is what it is. And you try and get it right as much as possible and try and talk <laughs> to guys when you can. And, and, um, and yeah, but that's, that's the way a lot of that breaks down. <laughs> we have a, a, a team in Finland, shout out Ilvis, that uh, we usually just let Fink say all the names because he either just completely wrecks it or he actually nails it but we don't even attempt we're like you go ahead so yeah. if they get mad they're mad at you not us so yep. well i've also i've also got like the best lifeline standing two feet to my right for every game because razor <laughs> so played razor played in finland and he can he can get by so if there's ever any discrepancy on a finnish pronunciation i'm, I'm gonna yield to him 10 out of yeah. 10 times so i can't I can't keep up at all. Sometimes on broadcast, he'll he'll just break into some random finish, and I'll just assume that whatever he said meant what I thought it did because like, I've, yeah, I've got nothing. I've got <laughs> nothing to add there. I can't I can't contribute whatsoever. You're just the hype man in the background at that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. It. that's it. <laughs> all right. So shifting into the stars, so you essentially have a front row seat on a nightly basis. Um, what surprised you most last year as this team had plenty of players rise to new levels and maybe reestablishing themselves? I love our view at American Airlines Center, but a lot of buildings is actually a back row seat because they put us up in the rafters. <laughs> we're up there. We're, we're like a million <laughs> miles away. And, and it's uh, you need you need like a pin finder to find out exactly yeah. how far you are from the puck. Um, <laughs> but the view the view was really good last year in in what you're talking about, Shannon. And it was, it was so impressive that just how quickly the team came together under oh, a new yeah. coach. And I think that that more than, more than anything, it, there were so many reasons to be optimistic, but the number of different positive storylines that you could look at is the reason for long-term optimism, in my opinion, of what the Stars team can do. Because yeah. there were years where the Stars were were a good team, but it truly felt like they were being carried by a couple of, of individuals. Absolutely. And now it feels like a really good team that can be led by certain individuals, but right. they don't necessarily have to carry. And there's a very big difference between leading and carrying. Because if you're leading then you're the number one option, but there's people who are following and make it really dangerous right behind you. And man, it was just so fun to watch, uh, you know, certain guys just step up and, and to, to see so many positive storylines that you could talk about. And some of them were individual, like uh, obviously what Jason Robertson did and the season that he had, 
what Miro Haskinen did in the season that he had. Yes. Um, Pavelski and Hintz continue to go. And, and and then the turn back the clock year for Jamie Benn and yep. what Jake Ottinger was able to do. But then there were collective things like the power play unit and the penalty kill and yes. the overall team defense. And there's there, there's so many things that you can look at where all of a sudden – you can list off a half dozen things and you haven't even mentioned Wyatt Johnston. And it's like, wait, yeah, keep yeah. coming and coming and coming. And it's just, it's extremely exciting to think about what this team did, um, where they are kind of collectively as a unit, the instant results that they got under Pete DeBoer, which I think everybody thought was going to take a lot longer. There were just so many things to like. And, and then there's, there's more to like coming down the road because now you go in and make what might be one of the better signings in the offseason, and we'll see how it all plays out, but with Matt Duchesne coming and mm-hmm. what that's going to do, and you're going to have year two of DeBoer in a system that he doesn't have to start from scratch. Right. You're going to have guys who are still in the early portion of their career who have taken these massive steps, and what's the next step for them? I just mm-hmm. think there's... There's so much to like, and and I think that the thing that you like most is that you're not just pointing at one and two, one or two things, and wondering if that's going to be able to take you there. You're pointing at eight or nine things and saying any one of these could help take you there. Yeah, and then not to mention too, and this is something you know when we release this, it might be a little bit late as far as quote unquote breaking news, but and I don't know if it's one of those things of a nostalgia kind of a. This, this feels right in the heart signing, but, you know, Jordy Ben was just signed to a PTO deal. Um, you know, I think he's one of those guys that really could potentially bring a ridiculously calm and solid veteran presence to, I wouldn't say a shaky D-line at all, because in the regular yeah. season, one of the best defensive cores in the NHL. Um, but as we saw in the playoffs, a little bit suspect here and there. So you look at a guy like him, you know, aside from from maybe Jordy, in and from your opinion, you know, Jamie Ben is the captain of this team, but what kind of effect does a guy like a Joe Pavelski have? Um, you know, just being that kind of calm, sensitive, like, you know, when you turn to your dad and you're like, is this okay? And he goes, it's okay, son. You know, what's that like kind of having around from, from your vantage point? Yeah, I think it's probably hard to quantify, to be honest. It's, it's, yeah. I think where, where it's showcased, um, for the first time in a, in a stars standpoint, obviously he did it for so long in San Jose, but the bubble, um, oh, yeah. when they went up, when they went on that run, the playoffs that he had, I mean, just the, the sheer numbers that he put up and the timing of a lot of those, those goals that he had, I think back to that first series against Calgary and they're down two one in this game four and they're down to their final, you know, 15 seconds and Pavelski scores, to complete the hat trick and force overtime. And you think about that amazing run and everything that's happened in the three years since, and maybe none of it happens and you go in this totally different direction, if not yeah. for that timely goal from Pavelski. And then there were more and more examples like that. But, but from what I was able to hear, and we were in Dallas calling those games, it was the most bizarre yeah. time in, in, in my lifetime and maybe human history. It was just so strange, but, but the impact that he had, and I think that, you know, Jamie is the captain of this team, and most people will tell you he's he's the best captain that they've played for. I, I've heard that 
from so many people over the years who have come through Dallas and mm-hmm. some that didn't know him before, some that did. But he is he is a leader that you really do like to follow and, and is easy to follow. And Joe is exactly the same way. And they don't necessarily lead the same way. So to have the two of them like that and, and to have that inside your room, I think provides just an intangible. And it's a word that gets tossed around in sports a lot, but it provides something that's really hard to quantify because you can't, you can't measure that. You can't look it up with an advanced stat. You don't know what, what those two guys can do in a room, but, yeah. but you can see it and you can feel it and you can certainly hear secondhand from other guys who are, are in that room. And I just think, you know, those are, that's more of what we're talking about with all the things to like, because there's a lot to like on the ice. There's a lot to like off the ice. This team had so much fun together last year. Guys are coming to the rink and it's a, it's that long grind of a season that we were talking about earlier. And it never felt like a long grinding season. It just felt like somewhere that everybody who was there is exactly where they wanted to be. And right. I think that I think that Joe and Jamie are a huge, huge part of that. And when they're putting up the numbers that they're putting on top of that, it's um, man, it's 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 just the cherry on top. And I think that their their fingerprints are all over this this team. And if uh, look, there's a lot of really good teams out there, but I think it, it makes it really easy to root for this team because if you talk about two guys who have given their entirety to this sport. Yep. Who's, they're on that list of really accomplished guys that you would love to, to see get to the top of the mountain. It, it, those are two guys that if, if it happens for them, man, what, a, what an incredible scene yeah. that would be because they, Absolutely. they really deserve it. And they both have come so close. Yep. And I mean, you look at, uh, you look at their pedigree they're, They've both played over a thousand games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jamie is one of those guys where, you know, especially in sports across the board, you don't see a lot of professional athletes staying with one team for their entirety of their career, even in, you know, the minor leagues in this situation. But I think it's a, you know, really special opportunity for those guys to to get there first. Um, but yes, yeah, speaking of, you know, last year, the Stars were one of the final four teams in the league, left in the league. Um, what do you think is going to maybe elevate them or keep them within that conversation um, you know, we talk a lot about balance. It seems like this team is very evenly balanced on both sides of things, whether, you know, it's primary or secondary leadership, defense, offense, youth, kind of veteran, you know, movements. What do you think is going to be that one little special thing that pushes them to that ne- next echelon? Yeah, it's a good question. And I don't know, the margin is so thin, honestly, to get to get to the final four and, um, I know there were some lopsided losses against Vegas in that series. And, and the fact that they went down three, nothing, it's probably easy to look at that and say it, it wasn't a close series, but you had a couple of overtime games to start in Vegas. And, um, and that, that could have gone a very different way. Yes. Um, obviously it didn't. And Vegas was a, a deserving champ. They were, they were a good team. They were Absolutely. a really, really great team, but to find what that little thing is that's going to get the stars over the hump. I don't necessarily know what that little thing is, but I think that maybe it's a collection of a, a couple of little things. And then, and then All things right. just falling better for you. I mean, overtime yeah. is one of the only 
it was really one of the only areas last year that was a a real struggle for them. And, Which is and a it, surprise considering the season huge, previous. Right. They had well, so much experience. <laughs> well, here, well, well, here you go. If if you go back even further than that, you want reason for optimism, not to get too far on a tangent. But they were they were historically bad in that COVID shortened fifty six game season. Yep. I think they had fourteen overtime losses and oh, stretched man. out over eighty two games. They were on pace to break the all time NHL record of of losses past sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, then. They were on fire the the next year. The, 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 the overtime success is probably what helped them get into that playoffs in 2022. And then you come back last year, and it was reverting, and it was awful. So if the pendulum <laughs> keeps swinging like this, place all your prop bets on the Stars being just the greatest <laughs> overtime team in the league this coming year. <laughs> if it's going every other year like that, but um, but maybe like honestly, maybe it's that. Like maybe that's the little thing. I, I don't know how to answer that question with, with something specific because they truly have been right there. And and not just yeah. last season, but going back a few years, if you look at the last five Stanley Cup winners, the stars were eliminated by three of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so one of them was in double overtime of game seven in St. Louis. One of them was yep. in the Stanley Cup final against Tampa Bay. And one of them was in game six of the Western Conference final against Vegas. So they're clearly there, right? Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're clearly there. And I don't know what – I don't know that anybody knows what takes a team that's there and finally, like, has it manifest into a championship. I, if, if, if someone could answer that, everybody would try and copycat it and figure it out. I think what the stars want to do right now is do a lot of what they did last year because the yeah. pieces were all there. The roster oh, yeah. was there. Their, their performance was there. And then when it gets down to just, you know, over time of game one and two at T-Mobile, you get that goal and maybe it's a very different conversation. And instead of what do they need to do, it's looking back at what they did do. Right. Um, and so I don't know, look. I, I hope in a year we can have the conversation and and look back and and answer that of of what the difference was. But I mean, they're a good team. They're going to be a tough out, and and they're a team to watch. And they'll spend six months and hopefully two more after that trying to find out exactly what that little thing or things are. We just got to tie tie the other team's skates together. I think that's. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Your your answer is much more succinct and to the point than mine. I think. So. I think I see think how easy that was. Yeah, and if you can't do that, maybe a little tape on the blade is a substitute. Yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. Fine. Much more. I take it back. Apparently, think you can find what the little thing is, and Shannon just did. And, yeah, uh, and now just send it in. I feel like somebody should be paying me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you make a great beer league bench coach. I will say that much. I do. I I bring a lot of flair, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, Josh, um, since you've been a part of hockey for so long, I know there's been like a lot of really memorable moments. Um, Are there any that stand out in your mind that you kind of look back on fondly and just you're so excited you got to be there for that? Um, Yeah, there are. I didn't know. Like man, the Rolodex is getting longer and longer. When, when <laughs> I, I think about that, I, we, we started this, and Fink was going through where my career started and where I was, and oh, yeah. thinking about how long ago that was. It's uh, man, it, it's 
It's crazy to look in the rearview mirror and see that many miles have passed. Um, but I, I, I think the ones that stand out are big games in Dallas um, that that just sent whatever building you were in on fire. And and what I usually it's the American Airlines Center, but but the Winter Classic was oh yeah yeah was just so awesome. And when Radulov scored that goal. And you got eighty five thousand people reacting like that, and the the fire is shooting off, and um, you know the stars fell behind two nothing in that game. And I thought I thought the organization did everything well leading up to the Winter Classic. They put on such a good show. It was such a like it was such a gutsy thing for the stars and the league to come together and say we want to bring a Winter Classic to Dallas, Texas. Right. And I think a lot of people throughout the hockey world were ready to see it fall flat mm -hmm. and not only did it not, but it was one of the best ones ever. And, um, and it was so well done. And then the puck drops, the major penalty happens immediately. Ah, uh, the, the walk of shame. Yes. The, yes. The, <laughs> the, the made for some pretty awesome YouTube videos yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the sound effects. Um, yep. And they're down to nothing. And you're just sitting there thinking like, no, like after all of this was done so well, you don't <laughs> want it. You don't want it to go this route. Yep. And then they, they rip off four unanswered. And when Radulov scored the would be game winner, I mean, that place was so awesome. And, and so I think about moments like that. And, and then when you bring it indoors, moments like that are like Klingberg's series clincher against Nashville. Yes. In 2019. And that was another moment where that was the first time the Stars had won a playoff series on home ice mm -hmm. in about a decade since the, yeah. the since the Brendan Morrow game. And and that's like to have that moment and to be able to share it with all the fans. And that's why 2020 was so bizarre, because there were probably what could have been a half dozen moments like that. I mean, oh, the, yeah. Gurion the Gurionov goal, Pavelski's hat trick we talked about, Radulov's yep. overtime winner 30 seconds into to game three of the Western mm -hmm. Conference final against Vegas. If you think about all these moments that that could have been that, but then they happened in this empty arena in Edmonton. And so as awesome as they were and as, as fun as they were to call and as great as they were, you didn't get to share like that with the fans immediately. Right. Um, and so, so I think about just big goals or big moments like that. Um, and, and those two, like the Winter Classic and, and Klingberg. Um, and then Game 7, you know, when Johnston scored that amazing goal against Seattle. And it started to look like that made it 2-0 at the time. Like this was maybe going to push them to the conference final. Like, I, I know I'm biased, but... I travel to every single building and, and we see some incredible atmospheres. But when the AAC gets dialed up, oh, I, man. I, I would put it up against any in the league. And it, it, is, um, it, is, it is so fun when that place just gets uncorked. Electric. So ask, yeah, yeah. So you ask about moments and, and I know there's so many that I'm probably leaving out, but, but those are the moments where, you know, I'll, I'll call the goal or the moment or whatever happens. And then, I'll just look around the arena as we're letting the crowd kind of do the talking for us. And man, that place is just so, so great.
Yeah, it's a special place, and I think it's going to be even more exciting. You know, obviously, won't be able to hear you or Razor, um, but with the upgrades and the additions that they're throwing in here with the uh, new Jumbotron and the new kind of look, the new seats, things of that sort. So we finally really, get cup holders. Yeah, we get cup holders. <laughs> <just> big. <laughs> um, but I, before we wrap things up, we only have a couple more questions. Um, we as a podcast have been really, really fortunate over the years to have a lot of people from different walks of life that have played professional sports, professional hockey, obviously mainly on the podcast. And we've had some great conversations on what the sport can do to kind of evolve even further, but maybe from like a media standpoint, you have a special advantage of, of what this sport can do. So we have to ask the same question to get a unique opinion on what the sport can do to further its growth from a social aspect and beyond, because obviously Social media is huge. Marketing your players is giant. Um, but you have a very special kind of point of view being part of the media itself. So from from maybe your perspective, what do you think the NHL can do to kind of help itself grow even more overall? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I think it comes down to different forms of marketing. And, um, and from a broadcast standpoint, it probably means just making the broadcast as entertaining as possible. Uh, I, I know to take it to football terms, you know, what, what the yellow first down line did for watching football and and yeah. how that really, there are things where, I mean, maybe that just seems like an easy solution, um, but it took, it took forever to get there and when yeah. the technology is there. And so I'm excited to see, you know, there's a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me who make these determinations of, of how do we make, the broadcast next level. And then from a marketing standpoint, I, I think we have found that pulling back the curtain and introducing these guys more as humans than, than simply as athletes yeah. is a big part of branding this game to the next level. And so I think, you know, there's standard ways that we're doing that, but there's probably going to be more creative ways with technological advances and social media and what you're able to do and, and getting the instant reaction feedback where it's not necessarily just a guy at a podium giving answers to to press conference questions anymore you get to see them and hear them in different settings and i think there will always be a place for the podium i don't think you yeah. have to cannibalize one to have the other i just think you're feeding we're, we're able to do things now where you can feed a larger audience different things that that person a might want and person b might not and so um you know always marketing younger i feel is is the way to go because those are going to be the people like shannon said who are creating families of hockey fans mm -hmm. yeah and so so just you know finding what moves the needle with them and and what they want to see and what's what's entertaining and what's fun and i think the players like being able to show a different side of themselves maybe that that they weren't able to some more than others, obviously, because uh, yeah. every guy is a little bit different and, and some guys don't necessarily want that. Mm -hmm. um, and other guys do, but I think, I think that that's probably the next wave is just, just sort of broadening what you're able to package and offer people when it right. comes to hockey content. And I mean, everything from engagements online and social media and clicks uh, and videos and then the broadcast and how you can dial that up and and make an interactivity, I think, is a huge part of that and bringing people in. Um, and I think that that's that's probably the best way that, that you can hit an audience in a way that 
you know, you're still trying to, but, but maybe hasn't been hit before. Right. Yeah. And we yeah, live in a day and age with smart TVs where I think the, um, and this may get, I may get chastised for this and I'm, I'm falling on the stake. <laughs> Make the glowing orb around the puck an option. If you can't see it, have a button, you know, smart TVs and be like on this particular broadcast, I want to be able to see it That's because I, I can't also having Shannon interview players on the podium. So when they go, yeah, um, you know, we just we gave everything out there. You know, you play 60 minutes, 200 feet back and forth. And she goes, no, be better. Better answer, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, let's try that again. <laughs> just, just very sternly. Um, Look at me. But no, you're, you're right, Fink, because I think I think customization and the ability to do that in a way that's never been able to be done before. Um, right. I think that that's probably huge, right? I, because even if if you hop on and you buy like the NHL package uh, on, on, and you're going to watch it on your computer or on your yeah. iPad or, or, or on your phone, you can pick which broadcast you want. Right. Yeah. I, I know there's blackouts and that's, that's obviously a thing, but, but just giving people access to what they want. If you want to hear one guy versus another guy, or you want to see one team's feed versus another team. And then they have, if you just want to watch the bird's eye view of the goalie and the crease, and yeah. that's how yeah. you can choose to watch that game. And, and I love that. We're, we're growing to a point now where I think customization, I, I, we're not there yet, mm -hmm. but with what you're saying, that doesn't seem like that's that far-fetched an idea. I know people always bring up, if they're old enough to remember it, they kill the Fox track of, of like the 90s when they tried the glowing puck. But, yeah. but obviously technology is much different. And when they started to roll it out on power plays, Trust me, I heard from fans. I, I know what <laughs> I know what the consensus was yeah. amongst a lot of people. Um, but if you had a toggle button, then the ones that do like that, because they do exist, <laughs> they're not as yeah. vocal as as the ones that don't. But if you had a toggle button and you could just simply do that or do other things and add things that you want and take things that you want away, then you you basically get to curate this this experience of a broadcast that's tailor-made to you. Yeah. And I mean, that's a pretty amazing thought to be able to have something like that. And we're not there yet. I don't know how far away. Again, this is where I talk about how I'm not smart enough to know anything about a time frame on that and then what's possible and what isn't. Mm -hmm. But that sure seems like you could tap into something really special there. Uh, I feel and, like and maybe we need to get control. together and like create like yeah. a little side business or something. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and also shout out to SpongeBob broadcast. That was hilarious. I think something or like the cartoon broadcast of the NHL game was was pretty pretty yeah, spectacular. The, the, big, the big city greens, right? Like yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, again, I my my boys found that to be pretty cool. And um like that's it, it's just another thing. And I know that anytime you go through this, you're going to wind up throwing a, a bunch of stuff against the wall and some of it is not going to stick. Um, right. And you probably have to try some things that, that you'll look back on years down the road and say, boy, what were we thinking then? But, but what yeah. does stick and, and what can honestly change the viewing experience going forward. I think that's a really exciting part of the future of broadcasting is, is figuring out what, what is going to be commonplace that's just going to take the viewing experience to a level that we haven't been able to before. I, I, I think about like the idea of, of VR and what you could possibly do with that moving forward. There's just, there's some really incredible things. If, 
if you squint and and look into the future about what you might be able to see it it's it's pretty impressive we have vr and uh, the fact that my children are playing on something that i could only dream of when i was their age just yeah, right. yeah. And we called it imagination back when we were kids no we yeah. called it star trek in their Fair hologram enough. room <laughs> yeah i'll talk to my kids sometimes and uh and they'll they'll want to play vr and i'll be like dude let's go play ar like let's yeah. actually, let's like, go outside and do actual yeah. reality and outside. we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna do some of that first we're gonna try this thing it's pretty cool you may have heard of it fishing yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but right. but that being said vr is is pretty sick yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it is pretty awesome so it's no secret that your cohort Cohort, excuse me. I used to work. Well, it could be cohort too. Real, real. So we said it's Southwest. Your cohorts. (laughs) So your cohort on the mic is one of the most creative individuals when it comes to lexicon, and of course, you know we're talking about Razor. So when it comes to some of the things that he says, are you ever expecting it, and is it ever difficult to keep it together on the air? I'm, I'm. I'm expecting that it's going to happen because I know it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm never expecting what actually comes. And, um, and I think that's part of like, that's part of what makes him so great. And oh, yeah. I, the, the thing, the thing that I've said about razor before is he, if he was just the guy who said off the wall, like super clever, really funny things, I think it would probably separate him and make him one of the most entertaining analysts in the league. Right. But he also breaks down the game and sees the game in a way that makes him one of the best analysts in the league. And um, for my money, the best. And, and I think that you can have that rare combination is pretty amazing because he could just be the guy that says the wacky stuff and that could be it. But, but he, he's not, he's, He's the guy that has the razorisms and also is going to explain to you exactly something you should be watching for during a, a broadcast. And, and that's, a, that's a pretty awesome thing to be able to do. Yeah. When it comes to the things he says that, that everybody always wants to talk about, I don't know that they're coming. Um, <laughs> I, you'll, you'll, you will hear me laugh on the air sometimes because... <laughs> Because like that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, how can you not? Yeah. Um, And it's I I think that the way that he says certain things, even if they're not, even if they're not the ones that that land the strongest, that make you laugh the hardest, he's got a really clever way of saying certain things. Like I know a razorism is when a guy makes a really bad turnover, but then makes this amazing defensive play Mm -hmm. to clean it up he'll call him both the arsonist and the firefighter. And, <laughs> and, and I think that that's like, again, that's not the funniest one that you're going to hear, but I think it's a really good example of just like such a clever way of saying he was responsible for the mistake, but then he immediately fixed it and he yeah. took care of it. And so you, the, the broadcast is littered with things like that. And, um, and I think that, you know, I've been doing this a, a pretty long time and, uh, you know, going up through the ranks in, in different leagues. And I have always tried to do a few different things every time I'm on the air. And, and one of them is entertain. Like right. the most important thing is you want to be entertaining. And then you want to inform. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. that's our job, right? It's our job to, to tell people what's going on and then maybe some things that they could look for that can accentuate, you know, the, the, the game for them. And I think that that's my philosophy. And I think that that's Razor's philosophy. And I think that we really like try hard to make them entertaining broadcasts. And the two of us try to make each other laugh on the air uh, and not in a, not in a quirky go sideways and, and get off topic, but, yeah. you know, but, but in a way that's, that's, hopefully enjoyable to listen to um, yeah. as, as we're still not losing sight of the reason you're tuning in, which is to watch the game and not, not have us have a conversation about what we had for lunch. That might be funny. It's the, there's yeah. a way of, there's a way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that he does it. He walks that line incredibly well. Oh, and, yeah. um, and so every time you hear me laugh it, because he says something, uh, you know, we'll we'll get the we'll get the train quickly back on the tracks and continue to call the game, and it doesn't go sideways. But I'm laughing because it's genuinely funny what he just did, and um, and when the two of us are laughing together, it's it's because you know we're genuinely trying to to just entertain the audience and entertain each other at the same time. And so he's he's fantastic. I'm very lucky to walk into a booth with him and and. Yeah put a broadcast on with him, you know, three, four times a week. And, and hopefully what we package together is something that's enjoyable to listen to on the other side. Well, I know oh. my children are always so excited when they see you like for a brief second on the TV, they're like, Oh, it's, you know, it's my teammate's dad. And they're so excited. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah it's Mr. Josh. <laughs> well, tell them every time, uh, every time I say like face off, it's a code and I'm saying hi to them. I'll tell no. them. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're, gonna they're turn, never going to yeah. go to bed. They don't I was going to say, they're, they're going to turn around and be like, why does he keep saying hi to us? This is like the 30th time yeah. of this period. I, I think he's going to get fired. Like, he, hey, Mr. Josh, we get it. The game. <laughs> well, I think I speak uh, on behalf of every Stars fan that we are extremely grateful to have you and Razor both um, in the booth. You guys do a phenomenal job. It's really enjoyable to have you guys. And I think um, you may see that on social media when it's not broadcasted on uh, on on Valley Sports Southwest. So, um, you know, to the chagrin of, of Stars fans that maybe sit through other broadcasts of, of stations we shall not name. But, um, you know, we're really lucky to have you guys uh, kind of, of guiding our journey throughout these uh, NHL seasons. Um, I do have... Two very quick rapid fire questions because I know we've we've been here for just about an hour. Um, because I would be silly not to ask this first one. And I know you're a California native, so if you don't have an answer for this, it's gonna hurt and it's gonna be a little salt in the wound, but it's okay. Do you have a go-to Whataburger order? Give me all the potato, egg, and cheese taquitos. This answer <laughs> this answer goes out to anyone who's listening to this podcast between the hours of 11 p.m. and 11 a.m. <laughs> you are my people. <laughs> um, yeah, you. Uh, my, my wife, who's a native Texan, um, she, she loves their breakfast and also like the Whataburger like all the time. I, I, I like a Whataburger, but I mean, a Whataburger breakfast is just the greatest thing like Second i want i want all yeah. the potato egg and cheese taquitos and all the picante sauce and yes. just ship it my way 
It's the breakfast so, burger for me. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's the go-to. I love yeah. the, the, whether it's late night or morning the next day, it always hits well. So yep. that was my go-to. And yeah, you're right. I grew up. I grew up without without one of those right down the road. So yeah, um, I mean, we we've gotten a lot of in and out answers. So I I think that was probably the most uh, the the most rewarding answer that we could have gotten is you went straight to the Whataburger breakfast instead of saying. Yeah. I'm more of an in and out guy. No, so. I, 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 I learned very quickly upon moving to Texas. And again, it was Corpus Christi. So I've, I've been in Texas for the better part of two decades yeah, now. The birthplace I, of Whataburger. Yeah. 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 In, in Corpus. So I got the, the original one, the one right there on the bay and I frequented it often. Um, but I, I did not know the civil war I was walking into. <laughs> 20 years ago when I landed in South Texas and it was yes. the great in and out V Whataburger debate. And, uh, very serious. I don't know. I'm one of the, I'm one of these people that I, I've got a big enough heart to open all, all burgers into my life and, uh, Equal rights. I'll yeah. take them both. But, but yeah, my go-to a hundred percent. We're rocking the, uh, we're rocking the breakfast. Awesome. Great answer. Uh, last one, Hollywood, has been listening to you do play-by-play -play from the very beginning and they want to make a movie about you and your journey behind the mic but they need you to pick the actor who portrays you throughout your career who is that actor <laughs> yeah that that one's definitely not as as easy um, field, yeah. as, as yeah. the other one um yeah wow i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna after an hour of talking, I'm going to come up completely <laughs> empty now. On, this is where you say yes. Yeah. 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 This is, this is I, I, all questions were supposed to be yes or no questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, man, I got nothing for it. It's like the most boring answer in the world. I like, I, I, I got nothing. I, you know what? I want to give, I want to give you your big Hollywood break, Fink. So you, you take the role. You go. You've got, okay. You've got, you've, got, you've got speaking experience. You've got broadcasting experience. <laughs> you've, you've got the awesome backdrop on your camera. Like, I, I would be honored if you took You know, uh, we've if, had if, a if lot of people say, you know, Jim Carrey, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. People also think they look like, um, who's the uh, attractive Hemsworth? one? Bradley Hemsworth? Cooper is another oh, one. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Like, yeah, they go right to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it, it would right. be an honor. It would be an honor to play you, Josh. I would, I would yeah. do... Yeah the best uh, the, the best i could uh you know uh, uh, yeah it's just an honor and i will like i would like to say i would yeah. like to say because i think he's going to be with the team next year the most wholesome answer we've ever had is a young man who will be playing for the stars in the very near future logan stancoven oh, bless him would you would you like to guess who he picked to play himself in a movie and this Ooh. is very wholesome yeah so well, I'm, I'm you got me on the edge now who uh, who was it he said, "I would have. I would ask my dad." Oh, that is awesome! And we were like, we all kind of just looked at each other on camera, and we're like, "This guy's 18, 19 years old. What? We that is what? A, that is that is awesome." All right. Well, if you if you uh, audition and they fire you and you don't get the role, think yeah. then I'll go with my brother because it's pretty funny. I, I don't think we sound alike. But it's pretty funny when he comes to town. I'm I'm super close with him, and uh, <laughs> when when he talks to people on the production truck or people who work for the stars who hear my voice all the time, and then he talks to them 
and instantly they're like, wait, what's going on? Like, what kind of parlor <laughs> trick is this that you're throwing your voice like that? So, uh, so I don't hear it, but it's one of those maybe brothers out there can appreciate yeah. when other people say you look exactly alike or sound alike. So I'll still yeah. give you the role, but if, if you mess up, he's your understudy and he's coming hot on the tail. Be That's careful. fine. That's fine. So. Well, Josh, thank you so, so much. This has been just an awesome interview and an awesome experience to have you on here, uh, sharing some time with us, uh, you know, before this season really gets started. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, maybe if you have a sign off for the stars, because obviously you, you kind of sign off to them every game uh, that you can kind of give the stars for the upcoming or stars fans for the upcoming season. Do you uh do you have a post game show? I usually usually yeah. tease that you guys have yeah. to break off and do like an after hours like post game yes. show or something yeah, like tight. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, well, well, thank you. First off, thank you very much for all the kind words. It was it was really very nice of you to say. I appreciate all of that, and uh, and it was a pleasure. It was really fun chatting with both of you, and um, yeah, keep up the great work. Um, and then I guess with that, for Shannon and Fink. I'm Josh Bogorod. Your final score tonight. What a hockey seven. Everybody else, nothing. Stay Touchdown. tuned. The post game show is next. Oh, Touchdown. that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Once again, like I said, guys and gals, people, friends, French fries, that was the one and only Josh Bogorod joining the Wada Hockey podcast. Uh, just really cannot thank him enough for the time that he gave us. Uh, obviously in the midst of summer with being with family and, you know, getting his kiddos ready to, to go off to school and, and picking them up, you know, just dad things. It, it was really special to be able to sit down and have that kind of conversation with him to kind of get behind the microphone a little bit to see what the day to day is like. And, and really the, the grind that goes into being a play by play commentator, not just in the NHL, but any sport. So on behalf of all of us here at Wada Hockey, we want to thank Josh once again, uh, and as all of my fantastic co-hosts say, stay sassy, stay moist, make good choices, and don't for any reason, even if you have one of the coolest play-by-play announcers of all time join your podcast, forget your permit tattoos. Bye.